Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Ansel Makhija and welcome back to our podcast Transplant Journeys. So today, the final and last episode with Thomas Dodds. So in today's episode, we will be discussing about his recovery post-transplant and the highlights of this episode will be his reunion with his birth families. So Thomas, are you excited to share your reunion and your journey with us? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, living with liver disease is no picnic. Uh, transplant surgery itself is, again, no picnic. But the life after and the possibilities and the opportunities that are afforded, those of us who get a second chance at life is absolutely present. So uh, please tell us about your recovery immediately post-transplant. And, you know, uh, maybe you can uh, focus on uh, one to three months post-transplant because these are a very critical and crucial period of uh, transplant since you waited for, you know, uh, many years. So how was it and what particular things we need to take care of? Yeah, my uh, recovery was maybe atypical. Um, I ended up waking up from what was almost a 14-hour surgery. I woke up a little bit early. <laughs> my blood pressure dropped and they needed to give me blood product. So they needed my, uh, I guess, my attention and my approval. And so they woke me up. Um, and then I spent a few days in surgical ICU. And then I moved to a step-down ward on the transplant uh, floor which I ended up with no real issue. And I was released from that to, you might say, the, the local area because we had traveled to Cleveland. I had to stay okay. in the area for about a month. So the first month I was fairly close to my transplant team. Um, the only side effect, the only complication I've ever had was that very first, you might say, 12th, 13th day, I ended up spiking a fever. Uh, from a UTI, thanks to the captain. <laughs> um, and that has been the worst thing that I've had so far. Uh, so I'm very thankful for, for an atypical uh, recovery. Now, as, as life goes on, the first three months or so, um, you end up getting a ton of medication changes. Uh, you are taking blood draws sometimes multiple times a week if there are changes in, in your blood work. Um, I went back to work on week seven. So, um, you know, I've, I've had a, a fairly atypical recovery where I've, you know, kind of thrived right from the beginning. My first client I got to choose, I chose one around the corner from the hospital in Cleveland. So I used to travel from Pittsburgh back to Cleveland every week uh, for a client that was just around the corner from the hospital. Okay, so uh, 14 hours of journey, uh, of uh, 14 hours of transplant uh, surgery, you said, right? What, why was it 14 yeah. hours, uh, doctor, did, you know, explain to you? Yeah, um, I ended up with a living donor. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time. Um, so what happens is they have to take the liver out of me. Um, while the organ is between, you might say, the donor and the recipient, um, that liver gets prepped. They're already closing up the donor and taking them back to recovery. 
Um, so the, the liver is in prep for four and a half, five hours or so. Uh, with me, um, putting the liver back into me is a very tedious procedure. It takes a while. And then uh, due to um, the complications I had from having liver disease as long as I did, my spleen was still putting a, a back pressure on the organ, on the new organ, uh, to the extent where they ended up having to do a splenectomy because they take it out. So I am now spleenless. Uh, but that's really why my surgery was much longer than a, a typical um, cadaver donor uh, liver transplant. So all's well that ends well. So you are doing good. It doesn't matter, you know, what complications was there on that surgery table, but you are doing good, which is important. So Thomas, please share that on how many medications you are on right now. And initially, what what medications you were taking and what are the side effects you faced and how did you cope up with them? Shortly after transplant, um, transplant patients are put on a heavy load of immunosuppressive uh, medications. I'm 10 and a half years out and I take two of these every week or every day, sorry. Um, so I'll show you a picture of, of the medications that I did take. Um, I was off prednisone fairly quickly. Um, I was off of the uh, Cellcept within three and a half, four years, uh, which is another immunosuppressive medication. Uh, it does have some side effects like sun sensitivity. So I tend not to go out in the sun without sunscreen. I tend to wear long, long sleeves, long pants, a hat, uh, things like that. Um, and then um, most recently, I was taken off of Bactrim, which is a low-grade um, antibiotic, which allows uh, me not to get the uh, infections, lung infections, things like that. So now I'm down to that one little pill. It's uh, pretty easy to take at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Now, as to side effects, um, well, we all know the horrors of prednisone. Um, your, your appearance changes. Uh, you tend to have an appetite like uh, you really don't want, um, especially for liver patients who got a living donor. Uh, you're growing a liver to match your size. That takes an incredible amount of energy. So you tend to uh, eat as it is. So prednisone really, uh, really amps up your, your eating. Um, as far as tacrolimus goes, the typical side effects are shaking of the hands, hot hands, hot feet. Um, I did get those early on when my dose was higher, uh, but it was reduced very quickly because I was absorbing the medication fairly well. Um, so that's why I'm on a low dose of it. I don't have the, the shaky hands. I don't have hot hands, hot feet now, um, being on such a low dose and being out 10 and a half years. So basically, once you keep on going and, you know, the years passed by, the side effects reduce. And uh, and I am observing that, you know, I'm not observing, but, you know, uh, analyzing and I keep talking to other people as well, that everybody is different and everybody is experiencing different side effects. So, yeah, uh, 
everyone will have different side effects of the medicines so like since after how many years those medicines got tapered or or, or you know reduced as you shared that you are only on tacfa that to 1 mg how many years it took to come to that dose i'm going to say that dose was uh pretty quick um <laughs> i think when i started i was at 3 and 1/2 um twice a day then it was brought down to 2 to 2 to 1 to 1 and that's where i've been probably 8 years or more so great this is good this is good i personally actually want this question to understand that what things you do to keep going to get going and what precautions we need to take in our daily routine when you know we come to our normal life and uh, what physical activities we must engage in so please tell us a little about this initially when i got home from transplant so think a month out four or five weeks um i began walking and um now i've lapsed over the years but i tend to walk um mile at a time i don't tend to walk briskly um it does wonders for you um i use it as my my thinking time um so i would encourage that um you can return to fairly normal physical activity um with with the advice of your team um i played ice hockey uh before transplant as a liver patient um i played after my transplant um i had a few accidents playing after my transplant but it's just proof that you can get back to a, a fairly normal stable life um just this past uh friday i i golfed in a in a in a golf event that benefited uh transplant community so here i am you know i've been cut down the middle and and i'm playing golf which which you know is a twisting kind of sport um which you know i i certainly encourage everybody to check with their team to to maintain uh, a level of physical activity uh don't let the fear overtake um that and do things in in you know in moderation i've never had an a surgical or an incisional hernia um so i don't you know i don't overdo it but i don't sit at home uh watching life pass me by you know so indeed we all have our body language to listen to understand too so yes you are right we don't have to overdo it and uh, we can definitely resume to our normal activities what we were doing so recently i was speaking to another patient and uh, recipient of uh, liver he said that he he indulges in skateboarding so i was like wow which is amazing so yes we definitely can come to a normal life so um, you have come to normal life and you've started engaging in other different activities do tell us about that what all kind of activities you were engaging in and please inspire us from that in addition to work life Uh, there's a huge community for uh, organ donors and organ recipients found in the uh, transplant games community, and so you'll notice that on my chest I have a logo of the the team that I participate with here, 
for the uh, U.S. or the American uh, transplant games, Team Alleghenies. And it's a Olympic-styled uh, set of events, but an Olympic-styled lifestyle uh, where you are, you know, you're, you're matched and you're paired and you're, you, you commune, really, with people who are donors of the same organs or donor families or recipients of the same organs, uh, different organs, uh, same stage in life, you know, middle-aged, male, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and so there's a lot of camaraderie there, but there's a lot of support in that. Now, the games is all about the donor, and if you ever get a chance to go to the games, go to a donor tribute uh, session, and the donors and donor families all get uh, one of these gold medallions. Um, and the whole the whole thing is about um, the donor and, and and what is possible because of the donor, and it's worth going. Um, in fact, the donor session is um, better attended than the opening uh, ceremonies. Better attended than the closing ceremonies, um, and and everything we do uh, is is for the donor. Um, you know, my life is is a testament to.
very 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 inspiring you know i feel like i should also go for it for the world transplant games i will definitely we have come to the last part of our segment which is exciting for me at least uh so you m- met your birth families uh, tell us about the reunion of your birth families i'm sure you must have felt grateful please tell us exactly how it happened how the events unfolded yeah so i um decided that i was going to write a book uh i was talking about writing a book about 6 months after my transplant uh it's been 10 and a half years i'm still working on it um but i decided at one point uh late 2019 that if i was going to tell the world my story i should find the lady who started it i e my my mother um so uh early early january of 2020 um i was in contact with uh what we call an angel searcher in the adoption world that somebody who helps find siblings and find parents and find children uh they're very good at this and so she proceeded to um ask me what kind of information I had and she would tell me if I had good information. I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll send you what I have." And so about 45 minutes later, she sent me uh what turned out to be my birth mother's profile on Facebook. Uh <laughs> So I went from having uh the expectation of being told, "Hey, you have pretty good information" to I'm pretty sure this is your mother. <laughs> so Um I did my own I did my own uh to shorten the story I did my own uh, investigative work uh and sure enough um I came to the conclusion that yes this is probably my mother so I found a few of her friends on Facebook uh that had similar names my mother was married her name had changed but I found people with the, the same familial name that she had on my birthday and i reached out to them uh two ended up being uh, you might say a distant relative not an immediate uh relative and i did a group i did a group message on facebook and the third one on that list was uh it turns out to be my mother's younger sister um so my aunt and uh the story is told to me that uh, she called my mother right away and said uh well i hope you're sitting down because your son is is alive and is looking for you. See, my mother was given the the prognosis that I might not last till I was 5. So every day for 46 and a half years, uh she wondered. So transplant allows me to come back to her. So I've uh, spent 3 and a half years um, uh, you know, building a relationship with my mother and um she uh, she proceeded to start to tell me about my father and so i you know having having that information i started looking up i knew he had passed away she told me that very early on and <clears throat> i proceeded to look up the people that were named in his is a witcher and i found um well i found uh half siblings we don't use the term half but so i found um brother and sisters that uh 
that are, are, are mine. <laughs> I, I, I bear to some degree uh, family resemblance. Uh, so it's, it's kind of interesting. For the first time in almost 50 years, I, I actually look like somebody. Um, you know, it's interesting from a, a, you know, find your roots perspective, figure out who you are. Um, I've always been a fairly confident person. Um, well, my, my world has been changed, <laughs> to, to say the least, uh, on, on that front. So I, um, I proceeded to reach out to uh, my siblings, and, and um, they had a, a, you might say, a family conference to figure out if I was who I really said I was. And uh, here's the kicker. They found the NBC News article that had my sister and I in it, and they reached out to my donor sister, and she confirmed my information, and along with other information that I myself confirmed, uh, they, you know, they accepted me as, as, as really who I am. So not only is my sister my donor, she's also... <laughs> My, my, you know, I'd say my my backup on, on information, and and she's the one that's that's you know part and parcel instrumental yet again in in, in helping me out of a out of a bind. So, yeah, and it's been very good. Um, you know, the I I only found my my siblings um, back in April, so you know we're here at the end of July, and so it hasn't been all of that long. I've been up to visit once. We're going back next week. So tying some loose ends, so interesting and uh, amazing, amazing story. And congratulations that you found your both siblings and your mother Thank and you. uh, have a, you know, you also told that you're going to meet them soon. So all the best for that. Thank you. So with this, we have come to the end of our uh, episode or we can say the podcast series with Thomas Dodds. Three episodes with Thomas Dodds. It was amazing, Thomas, to have you, to hear your story and to, you know, see what challenges you faced, but you came strong. The best part for me was the World Transplant Games and those, you know, medals and those spins from those people. So it was amazing to have you on a on a podcast. That too, as a first guest, how how was the experience for you? Well, I'm going to recommend to all your future guests that they actually become guests. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very Thank fun you working so with you, and I wish Thank you the you best. So and I wish your podcast the best. Too. Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for watching this podcast series. Please stay tuned for more such guests.